feel like sometimes life is really mental. Dude, that's actually a really good name for a podcast. <laughs> Even when you lose all hope, you go deeper than you've gone. Hold on till you can't no more. When I was in like a really heavy gratitude portion of my life, I would wake up in the mornings and I would think to myself, like, what is going to surprise me today? Hey everyone, welcome to the Really Mental Podcast, where we want you to know no matter who you are, you are not alone. If you're new here, make sure to follow us on our socials at Really Mental Podcast. Today, we are very excited to introduce our guest, Miranda McKeon, an incredible actress, writer, and also someone that has gone through an incredible and brave journey in beating cancer. Miranda's story is one that is very inspiring and she has a lot of wisdom that we're excited to unpack through today's topic, which is going to be around gratitude. You may know Miranda from social media or you may have seen her on Anne with an E as an actress on that show. So not only is she very talented, but as I said before, has a a lot of awesome life lessons that we're going to unpack. And Harry, I wanted to ask you before we go into this, what is something that you're looking to take out of today with the conversation with Miranda? I think just being grateful for my life. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm going into this with as well as just understanding that we all go through our own paths and respecting what other people have been through and really being grateful for the path that you've been on because it shaped who you are today is where I'm coming from for this episode. And I'm really looking forward to it. She has an amazing story, an amazing journey that she's been on. And I'm very interested to hear how she beat cancer and how she has gotten to a really great place that she is today. 100%. And she has developed a community around sharing what is initially a struggle and turning it into a strength, which is to empower her community, which has a million plus people in it. So hopefully you will join that community today after you hear us speak to her. If you enjoy this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and rate it five stars. And we really hope you love this chat we have this week with Miranda. So let's welcome her onto the show. Hey everyone, just want to let you know that we have an Amazon AMP show with amazing guests every week similar to the podcast. It's going to be at 7pm PT and 10pm ET. So go download the Amazon AMP app and we'll see you there. Okay, so Miranda, for people who don't know you, could you please tell us a little bit about yourself? My name is Miranda McKeon. I am a 20-year-old college student along with being an actress. I'm a writer. And I've had a bit of a wild ride, I'd say, for the past 20 years. I started off acting when I was in the third grade and I got a big gig all of high school. I filmed this Netflix series called Anne with an E, a phenomenal experience and kind of kicked off the acting career. And then I'd say where my mental health focuses come in was last year, last June of 2021. I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer when I was 19. I've been going through treatment for like maybe eight months. I'm now in remission, which is awesome. But I completed eight rounds of chemo. I did three surgeries, 25 sessions of radiation, had highs and lows and all the in between. And now I'm here. I'm back in my hometown for the summer and headed back to college in three days, which is awesome. 
I'm very glad you're in remission now. That would be such a tough thing to go through. And I wanted to ask, like, what was that journey like when you found out about stage three cancer? It's kind of a whirlwind, almost like a movie-like experience when I had like found a lump. And then two weeks later, I was actually diagnosed. So in those two weeks, I was just beep bopping around, really thought nothing of it. I got like super into regenerative agriculture and studying the land. And so I was headed out to San Francisco to work on a farm for like a solo namaste writing trip for like three weeks. And when I got to San Francisco, I received a call while I was still on the plane. And she was like, yep, your biopsy came back positive. We need to get you home. The initial thought obviously is like, what the heck? Like, it's so surreal. You see all these like movie scenes of people being told they have cancer and pictures of bald children in the media and all this different stuff. And then when it happens to you, it's like, whoa, how has everything I've absorbed over the past 20 years actually now translated into my normal life. So it's definitely like a a little bit of an earthquake feeling like trying to just grapple for stability. Of course. Can you take us to that place where you're receiving the news? What feelings do you initially feel in that situation? Everything ranging from shock to fear was my initial reactions. There were definitely some tears in there. Of course, I was in San Francisco and my family's in New Jersey. So I was a little bit like, ah, I don't have anyone with me right now. And then quickly after, so I got on a plane like two hours later, flew from San Francisco back to New Jersey in the same day. And I think this may be unique in some way to my case or like my baseline mental health. I don't even know how I would really describe it, but quickly I booted up into a mode of like, okay, we're going to do this. A lot of people who get diagnosed with cancer have this sort of sensation of like this rallying mentality right before you know you're going to take on something super, super difficult. But mine was like very quickly onset. And so I actually have journal entries of the plane ride home being like, Miranda, you know who you are. You know who you're surrounded with. Like, we're going to do this. I don't know what it is or how serious it is, but we're going to get through it. And so frequently when I'm feeling that same sort of like instability, I'll head back to that journal entry. And it kind of, I feel like it was like my core speaking to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you remember like when you were writing that journal entry out, how that made you feel? Like, cause I know some people when dealing with sickness are like, yeah, as you said, like really want to fight it, and other people let it defeat you. What inside of you wouldn't let that defeat you? That's a great question. It's like a biological thing almost. Like I think it's the fire in us all to like not only continue to want to live, but just live well and live happily. And so when I was writing in my journal entry, nowhere in there was I like, we're going to live, we're going to win. Like I never really felt like I was going to die. Although obviously it is a life-threatening illness. It was more like, I'm going to get through it and I'm going to do it really well. Like that's where my focus was, was I'm going to take this on and I'm going to do it in a way that enhances my experience rather than like letting it run me over. And certainly there were so many times where I felt run over and defeated and down and in like hands up in the air surrender mode. But I think from a young age, I've 
quickly picked myself back up. Totally. So I think that's such an impressive response and one that we find in different scenarios when faced with obstacles. People like yourself that have experienced sort of having success in any form, whether it's in acting or in life in general, have this ability to overcome obstacles, whatever shape that is. And obviously in this situation, we're talking about one of your experiences being with cancer. How did you enhance, use that sort of obstacle to enhance your experience and and use it to, I guess, become stronger as a person as a result? I definitely don't think it was an easy path in that like I didn't know how to do it from the beginning. It was it was kind of like an intricate web of trying to figure out like okay, how do we use the things that frankly suck? So, a couple different ways. Quickly, I figured out that I wanted to use clothing and fashion to totally level up my experience. So every treatment day I would go in and I would have my outfit all planned. I did treat myself to a shopping spree when I was diagnosed and I was like, we're going in and we're going in looking great. I think it definitely picked up the vibe in there for myself and those around me. Like I had awesome conversations with nurses being like, girl, you look great today. I was like, so do you. Let's have a good one. Like, let's get through this treatment. And then another way was certainly through writing that totally carried me through. And I think my identity as a writer completely transformed this past year in that I had always been an academic writer in college and grade school and whatnot. And I had written for leisure, but not in a way that felt so fueled and like a necessity almost. I would call writing like a survival tool for me. I think it's the way that I process. It's the way that I heal. It's the way that I dream and explore. I let my guard down in the beginning of being like, I want to be a good writer. And I was just like, I just need to write. So I started writing and then I fell in love with it. And I fell in love with the art form. And I then have proceeded and continue to work on that craft. Well, I think that it's awesome that you've been able to use writing to sort of make sense of the experience. Is that what you would say writing has sort of helped you do? Or what role does that play in your healing process as a person in general? Um, I think it helps me process. It helps me grieve. I've done a lot of grieving on the page. I think sometimes it's hard to get quiet and sit with hard things that are happening in our lives and hard things do happen. So when they do, I think it is important to like, as uncomfortable as it is, get quiet with it. And that's what I've done with writing. I've let myself sit and write things that are scary to put on the page. Like it's scary to air out what is happening inside sometimes, but it's been helpful for me to face some of those fears and confront. I There are so many things I do on the page. Like I grieve, I confront, I I am honest with myself. Sometimes I lie to myself. Like it's everything my brain is, but in front of me, which can be tricky and it can be really awesome, but it can also be tricky. What would you say is the hardest emotion or experience that you've written about? I'm actually going to reciprocate this question as well, because I find people always have different answers. And I love this question. I think... Loneliness has been a tough one. 
feeling like isolated or misunderstood, that's always a tough one for me and something that's hard to confront because I'm kind of the only one who can get myself out of it, if that makes sense. If I'm feeling lonely, even surrounded by people, then I know, okay, like I have to do some work around this or I need time to process or how do I take care of myself so that I can kind of reconnect with those around me and feel heard and seen. But loneliness feels raw to me. Yeah. I've just been really recognizing that feeling of loneliness within my life over the last probably I'd say year. And it's something that of course, I think, you know, to make it broader, naturally, I think we experience, but just I've started to recognize it more. And I've been like, what's that feeling? And so I can definitely resonate with that being something that's hard to grapple with. For me, I would say my hardest one is I think shame, because shame is such an interesting thing that almost like attaches itself on the back of other things. So say like anxiety, and then I'll feel shame for feeling that anxiety. So whatever the emotion is, I actually find like maybe the most difficult thing is this cycle in my brain of like attaching something else onto that for feeling the way I do. Like shame can be really sneaky. And sometimes we don't realize like if I'm like going through my day and being like, oh, I feel like shit today or something. Why do I feel that way? Oh, maybe this situation happened. And why does that stink? Oh, because I feel shame. Yes. That's that a, a hard one. It's And it's almost like a vicious cycle in a sense, because it takes a lot of discipline to recognize it. And then to also sit with that feeling. I, I just have found for me, I, you know, writing about it and also putting it into music, which is what I do and my way of translating it. I would say that's probably one of the toughest emotions for me. What about you, Harrison? I'm going to go with the loneliness again, personally, find it very hard to be alone or be around people when I feel alone. It's a weird thing. And I think I've gotten better at it. And I'm still trying to navigate this whole thing because I think a lot of emotions are equally as hard to express. I think all emotions are quite hard to delve into at a deeper level. When I was even thinking about it, I was. it's honestly really hard to be happy all the time as well, or like be sad all the time. All these things, I think that they play their role in different elements of our life. And I think you need to feel all these different emotions as well. So you know how the other ones feel. And I always say that you need to know what it's like to be lonely. So you know what it's like to have people around you. And you need to know what it's like to be sad. So you know what it's like to be happy. Like they're all equally as important. But I think for me personally, the one that hits the hardest is definitely like loneliness and the feeling of having no one that has your back. I think that's the tough part. Feeling like you don't have anyone around you that cares about you, which isn't the reality, but Sometimes you feel that way through different circumstances. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And just when you were saying that, I sort of thought of what Miranda was saying before, which is about being seen and you know, being heard when in this world. Sometimes it's a lot easier to sometimes feel like more of an outsider, particularly in this industry we're in, but also just as humans that are navigating complex experiences, whatever that is uh, for the person listening. So for you two, what makes you feel heard? And seen. Honestly, really basic things that people can do in like just acknowledging what I'm saying. Cause sometimes I feel like I have to repeat myself over and over and over again to just get it in someone's head sometimes, like of what I'm trying to say. 
And I think it could sometimes be really important for people to be like, I hear you, like I understand what you're saying and reiterate what you're saying for that ability to feel comfortable. I think that's a big thing for me when feeling heard is someone actually saying like, I hear you, like I can, I understand what you're saying. Make the effort to understand. Because I don't think a lot of people always make the effort to understand if they like disagree with you or if you're in a conversation, not everyone will just sit down and be like, I'm open ears, if that makes sense. Yeah. I completely agree with your point. I think like the key thing in there is the verbalization. I know anytime someone says just those two phrases, I'm open ears. And then when I share my heart, like I hear you, I see you. Like this is a little like nuance in that conversation, but sometimes when I feel like I'm sharing in a certain way, like if someone just really sits and listens and doesn't try and give a response or an offshooting story, say I'm like, okay, I had a tough day because of X, Y, and Z. And I see them just sit with that and go, that really stinks. That's it. I'm like, thank you. I just wanted you to know that my day sucked. And for them to say, I hear you and your day sucked and that sucks, like golden. Yep. With having adversity in your life and health issues and stuff, how has that influenced your view of gratitude? I think it's a double-edged sword. I feel really grateful in some ways for my health and for overcoming adversity in the way I did. And I think this piece is also a little hard to talk about, but sometimes like, I feel really ungrateful. (laughs) I feel really sad around certain things that have happened or certain new realities that I face about my future and certain health things that I have to now live with. But certainly gratitude has been an underlying theme or a through line that has carried me through this whole year and I think will carry me through the rest of my life. I'm curious to hear how gratitude fits into each of your lives. For me personally, I've realized less from like health issues, more from bullying and things like that, that I need to be grateful that I'm in a position where I have a house, I have food, I'm able to do what I love and I'm actually able to sustain my life with doing what I love, live a good life and I'm growing and I'm exploring. And not everyone like is growing up with the ability to do that. And I know that might sound cliche, but that's where it comes to me as well as like bringing myself back and actually looking at how many people are struggling a lot more than I am. And that makes me grateful from like what I've gone through and grateful for my life because I've actually had it a lot easier than the wide majority of society, which like I'm not invalidating what I've been through and the things that I've had to go through. But there's so many people that have gone through harder things that I recognize what they've been through. And I come from a place of curiosity and wanting to learn what they've been through because I haven't luckily, and I've had an actual good life where I've got the opportunity to learn and educate myself and grow as a person. That's kind of where it comes from for me. I also believe that everything's meant to happen for a reason. And we learned from a lot of our adversities as well. Like the hard things that we go through and the trials and tribulations that we go through teach us lessons that influence who we are in the future as well. So I don't ever think they're like always bad things. I think that they shape who we are as people for the future and they ultimately make us better if we approach them in the right way. Mm. Hmm. I love that. I was talking about that last night with my dad. 
I had an opportunity when I was 18, 19 to move to LA for music. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, you know, how I'm actually really glad that throughout the ups and downs that have come over the last four years that I actually am going now, because even though at that time it felt like such a loss and obstacle for me to not be able to go and further my career because of things that happened just within within the group and financially, I was like, I'm actually really grateful that it did because now I'm going over much more mature and ready to like be in a place where I can separate what other people are doing from what I feel called to actually do myself. And I didn't know that at 18. So I think it's like one of those interesting things where our biggest challenges become our biggest blessings, yet it's still so hard at that time to feel that. I have also have to go through mourning periods where I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Why is this happening to me? But yeah, to answer the question, I think for gratitude, it's Amazing to me how every day, even though I've been practicing it for a while now, every day it seems to continually shape my perspective on what I have in front of me in a slightly different way. And I heard this saying the other day, you know, when you change the way you see things, the things you see change. And just every day I'm noticing I'll pick up on like something I would take for granted, which is having food going up. And then my mom's just made me this awesome rice dish. And I'm just like, that's so cool. And I'm noticing things like that. So it's like, even in the simplest thing every day, it's like progressively over, of course, many months, just adapting and continually changing and show me things I didn't see before. I think for my last year, I had health issues as well. And I spent a lot of time going from doctor to doctor to figure out what was, you know, quote unquote wrong with my body. Cause I kept getting like these basically just infections to, to be super like vivid, like and just stomach issues as well. And so it's a a different type of thing in the sense that I knew that I would definitely have like, you know, the chance to get through it and to be able to continue to live. I was just like, what, what am I doing this all for? Because every day I'd wake up literally hoping that I would be healthier than the day before. And there were times when it just didn't come for a while. And so I just started to really try to implement gratitude for what I did have because I could see how I was quickly going into like this whole of like depressive thoughts of just my focus was just completely on the wrong stuff. It was always on what I didn't have, which was this vision of a a super healthy me that I was before. And I was like, so annoyed that I just got into this place. So that was sort of for me, my experience of what really kicked me into gratitude again. Gratitude is such a powerful thing. For you, Miranda, what are the ways you go about counting your blessings, showing gratitude for what you have? I think you touched on it, but the idea of a gratitude practice, even like a lot of times I'll be like, just try and write three things down. Sometimes that's even like a little too much. But even starting with making mental notes of little things, like you said, of like my mom made a rice dish. That is so cool. Or like someone held the door open for me and gave me the brightest smile today. That was awesome. If you start really small, like you said, you start to see other things. Your vision literally changes. If someone tries this for like three days, they'll be like, well, I started noticing a lot more things. I remember like distinctly when I was in like a really heavy gratitude portion of my life, I would wake up in the mornings and I would think to myself, like, what is going to surprise me today? 
And sometimes I would get an awesome email from an agent or a manager being like, we have this opportunity. Woo, that's huge. Sometimes it would be the man who holds the door for me and gives me an amazing smile. And I'm like, whoa, I did not expect that to happen. That was my surprise of the day, like a little treat for me. And it sounds so silly, but I think I would suggest starting small with things that are tangibly in front of you or have happened in the day. And also like anytime you put things down on paper, there's some stat about New Year's resolutions and how like if you write down your New Year's resolutions, you're like 90% more likely to make them happen. I think if you write down three things, three small tangible things in the day, it brings it to life in a new way. I just write that down. What's going to surprise me today? I love that. In terms of your blog, Miranda, I loved reading some of the blog posts you did on your site. So one in a million, what inspired it and what do you hope people take away from it? What inspired it was reading others. I quickly found accounts of young women and older women who had written their way through hard experiences. And when I was reading these entries, I was like, wow. I have never felt more seen and I haven't even been able to express what's inside. And like hearing you articulate that is just, I am like gaga for it. An initial piece was like, wow, I know I have a platform here and I'd really love to help other young girls through this experience. It quickly expanded to a large portion of it was this writing has been extremely cathartic for me. And then also I I hope my writing translates in a way that feels applicable and relatable to all different kinds of people. I think like some of the main messaging that I'd like people to take away is that we are all going to encounter difficult things and that is the inevitable. That is scary, but they're going to happen. And so how do we navigate these challenges with as much grace and candor and kindness as we can and then go on to rejoice and connect with those around us and find find love and happiness as simple as those adjectives are they're true it's what the world revolves around i think those are my big brain thoughts in terms of vulnerability what would you say has been maybe one of the biggest positives for you of being vulnerable online and and with friends i think it's brought me closer to myself and to others And that has helped me heal and feel stable and grounded and loved by myself, self-love and love from other people in ways that have brought healing, grounding and love to kind of like the forefront of it all. I wanted to wrap it up by asking, what does the next 12 months look like for you? And what would you like to work on both mentally and in work and in life? Hmm. Logistically, I'm headed back to school. So that's always a big thing for me. East coast to West coast. And I hope to be doing a lot of, I think the themes that I'm bringing into my life right now, I'm, I'm working on a long form writing project right now. And I want to delve into that. I think that's going to help me heal and process. And that feels very profound and important and deep and saturated and emotional. And the other part of this is going back to school and reconnecting with friends. I have grown so much in my relationships this past year because 
I've had to let people support me and a lot of people have shown up for me. So going back to school this year, I want things to feel light. I want them to feel fun and playful. I want the late nights. I want the randomness and the spontaneity of school. I want to go out and I want to party and I want to dance. But I'm excited just for like ah, some normalcy, some like college activities. It's going to be so great. So those are my, those are my intentions. Awesome. You touched on your journey of healing over the next 12 months within that answer. And so I wanted to ask one final question, which is your next step in terms of your healing process, your acceptance process of everything you've experienced in your life. What is one step you're going to take that you would say is the next thing within that, you know, 12 month period to work on? It's a weird one because sometimes we don't want to let ourselves grieve things that have already happened because our mind is like, okay, move on. It's over. Let's just pretend it didn't happen. But sometimes I feel like if you don't grieve, it's kind of sits and gets a little stale. I'll be trying to find ways to kind of like air it out, whether that be physical movement or writing or conversations or sound healing. I don't know. I can go a little woo-woo with it, but um, letting some of that hurt out. um, I think that's an important one. It's uncomfortable, but it's important. Thank you so much for your time today and being so open and honest and vulnerable with us. Thank you guys for having me. I think the conversations that you guys are having on Really Mental are super important and are going to help a lot of people. Uh, I just think it's the coolest and I'm so happy to have been able to come on today. Thank you for this opportunity. So Will, I love that episode with Miranda. I wanted to ask you, what's your biggest takeaway? Definitely. Well, yeah, again, like we said in the episode, it was just so amazing to talk to Miranda and hear how vulnerable and open she is about the ups and downs that she's faced with life. And I'm really grateful that we had her on for an episode. I think one of my takeaways is probably how gratitude can be a actionable way to overcome the obstacles that you face. And whenever you, you're faced with something that feels like it's too big to get through a simple way is to change the focus of where you're looking. And as Miranda said, uh, even the small things, just noticing what things are going right. And with that, it's a lot easier to make a change within ourselves of, of how we feel and the way we see the world. So that was a reminder for me. I wrote down in my notes as well, what's going to surprise me today? I love, I love this phrase that and question that Miranda brought up. And it's something that I'm going to work on implementing throughout the next period of time, waking up every day. What's going to surprise me today? Because similar to gratitude, it also prepares us for something wonderful could happen to you today. It could be a life-changing moment or opportunity that comes through. So waking up every day and being like, what's going to surprise me? It doesn't always have to be that amazing opportunity. It could mean that it's going to be something that comes through that makes you grow, but it's definitely going to be an interesting day. And I think that's a really interesting insight to sort of separate some of our experiences or moments we go through because life is only monotonous if we make it that way. And so I really loved what's going to surprise me today. So with that in mind, we really hope you enjoyed this episode If you did, please rate this five stars. Please go and support Miranda McKeon 
on her socials and join her community because she's sharing some amazing content on her blog and and just on her social media in general so make sure you do that and again if you like this episode please consider sharing it with a friend so we can uh, grow this really mental family even when you lose all hope you go deeper than you've gone hold on till you can't no more If you guys are struggling, Will and I aren't like professionals in this field. We're just telling our experiences through stories and kind of just sharing what we've been through. But if you are really struggling, we do highly suggest going to see a therapist and professional help because they will be the ones that can really help you in your situation. Yeah, of course. Feel free to share your stories with us and DM us. We want to know what you're going through, but make sure you take the time to speak to a professional because that's going to give you the most help. That said, we hope that these stories and the people we've spoken to can really help you on your journey to finding that right person, whether it's a therapist or that friend to talk to about it. Make sure you take the time to do that.